We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we get started. Father, today we uh, come to you and we trust that you are there, that you hear our worship to you as we open your word, as we sing praises, we celebrate the birth of Jesus that took place many years ago. And Father, we just ask today that this service would be honoring to you and glorifying in your name. And Lord, we just pray that you begin to work in our hearts today as we seek for peace, as we seek to understand what peace is and how we can have it. And I pray today, God, that you would reveal your truth to us, that you would illuminate your word, that you would fill me with your power. And I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, last week we had an opportunity to look at hope. Uh, We talked about a Jewish people that were really settled in on a false hope of a false Messiah. They expected a Messiah that would bring about an earthly kingdom uh, to their people that would bring about freedom and and deliverance to the people of Israel. But we saw a Messiah that did not come on a horse with a sword, but we saw a, a king that came on a donkey to serve. He came to give up his life as a sacrifice for many to all that would believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And the question that we looked at was, do we understand, do we have a true understanding of the Jesus of the Bible? Is this Jesus that we are looking at or thinking about the Jesus of the Bible or something that we've created in our own imagination? Well, made up a little bit of this and a little bit of that. That was the major question that we looked at last week. And if you have a solid face in Christ, uh, in the one for us, then I pray today that you will begin to experience the peace of God in your life, wherever that is today. Wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, I pray that, that this message will bring about an opportunity for you to embrace the peace of God. Because the reality is, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. And so we should obtain those uh, fruits of the Spirit as Christians. And so I want this morning us to look at those. The birth of this child brings hope. And the birth of this child also brings peace. And so what are we talking about here when we look at the word peace? And peace in the Hebrew is used in 11 different ways. Peace in, in Greek is used five different ways. So what is this peace that we are talking about during this time of the year as we celebrate and look back on the birth of Messiah, the Jesus, the one for us? And what kind of peace does this child bring about into our culture today just as he's brought back into cultures before us? Peace can refer to a state of being. We see that in 1 Timothy 2.2. Peace can refer to a, a, a greeting or a farewell such as peace be with you. Peace can signify the ending of a conflict, you know. I think many people in their daily lives are praying for peace in Israel right now. 
And that is a form of peace. But what kind of peace are we talking about when we look at peace this morning? Again, we must have a right view of Christ and hope. And I submit that we must have a right view of peace as well in our lives as Christians today. The Jews expected earthly peace. And so I ask this morning, what kind of peace are we expecting in our daily Christian lives as people of God? How was Jesus to incorporate the hope of peace from the Old Testament times into the peace of God and into His ministry in the New Testament and into our day? You see, the coming of Jesus as Messiah is expected to guide our feet into the way of peace. So what it says in Luke 1.79. In Luke 2.14, the, the angelic testimony to the shepherds proclaims Jesus is the bringer of God's peace unto men. Are you experiencing that peace this morning? Because sometimes the reality is, is I don't feel that peace. When things in my life begin to get hard when struggles come down, when, when difficulties of life come in, sometimes I lose focus and sight of the peace that was brought forth from this child that was born unto us. Jesus the Messiah would usher in God's reign of peace. A salvation that was longed for since the days of the prophets of old. This long-expected peace, and while His birth does bring us peace, the peace of God was also a farewell gift to these disciples that was given by Christ in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 27. This is the peace that I want to launch into this morning. John, chapter 14, verse 27, as we look at peace. Before this verse takes place, we see Jesus with His disciples. Where are they at? They're in the upper room discourse. Soon He will be taken away from His disciples. And these disciples are scared. Because if you remember there in the beginning of John 14, He starts out with, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in Me and My Father's house. There are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You see, here in the Upper Room Discourse, Jesus is giving these disciples hope and encouragement. Listen, where I'm going, you may not come, but listen, it's okay. We see there, as Jesus reveals next in verses 7 to 11 of John 14, as He reveals the Father to them. He says, listen guys, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one. And then He grants them the promise in verses 12 and 13 of prayer. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Next in this chapter, He promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see that He's promised His disciples, listen, I'm coming back. He says, listen, I and the Father are one. He says, listen, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do so that the Father may be glorified. And here in John 14, 27, we see the Lord begins to give a promise of peace. 
He gives them peace in their lives in the midst of them not understanding where is our Messiah going. If you will, look at John 14 with me this morning. Verse 27, it reads this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. He says, peace I leave with you. There is no doubt here that Jesus is beginning His departure. He is leaving, He's going away, and He's, and he's, he's going somewhere these disciples cannot follow. And so Christ, knowing that He's going away, leaves them with several promises, several gifts, and one of them is the peace, the gift of peace. One that they would need as, as they watched their Savior taken to the cross. This peace was a gift of Jesus that would calm their troubles. That, would, that was given by Christ alone. He says, my peace I give to you. Do you realize that this promise to these disciples is the same promise to us today? He leaves us as He goes to the cross with peace. We celebrate Christmas and the birth of Jesus. And we talk about hope. We talk about peace. We talk about joy. Because when Christ came, He brought about a hope and a peace that comes from no one else but Him. Are you at peace today? Are you at peace in your life? Because I want to make sure that you are aware of a peace giver that is in the person of Jesus Christ this morning. I don't care what your circumstances are in life. God has won the victory over all situations. And therefore encourages us that we can have peace and comfort. Christ is the giver of peace. And it's promised to those who believe in His name. Psalm 29.11 reads this, The Lord will give you strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Do you obtain peace this morning? Now listen, sometimes in life when struggles happen, I, I begin to, to get unfocused on what, what Christ has done, the promises Christ has offered to me. And, and I begin to be self-centered and self-focused and begin to be distracted and I lose sight of what it has accomplished through the cross. What Jesus did as He brought about Peace. And this morning we have to ask ourselves, do we truly obtain this peace? And should we obtain this peace? Because the Lord says that He will bless His people with peace. The question we need to ask ourselves, are we living in this peace? Listen, there's times that I don't. But when I don't, I try to step to the side. I try to become unself-focused and focused on the work of Christ. And I pray for forgiveness and I ask God to give me the peace that surpasses all understanding that only comes through Christ. You may say, yes, Stuart, I'm living in peace this morning. I'm complete. I'm satisfied. My welfare is good. My circumstances are okay. 
But I want to ask you this morning, is the peace that you're experiencing, is it a worldly peace or a godly peace? One obtained by our own works, our own efforts, or one given as a gift that's only received by taking it? Is your peace about a great uh, retirement? Or is your peace about what Christ will give you in the last of the last days? Is your peace because of good health? Or is your peace when your strength has come to its end that knowing God has bought you with a price brings about an unfathomable peace? Is your peace because your job pays well? Or is your peace that so when you get laid off from work, you understand that God says, I will supply all of your needs to those who are in Christ? Is your peace because you have lots of friends, lots of family, or is your peace so as even when you're alone, that knowing God will provide all of your needs. Where is it that we get our peace from this morning? And even when this country falls off of a physical cliff, what is it that will give us peace today? If your peace comes from anything but the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a false peace. Just like the Jewish people when they trusted in in this Messiah to come with the sword and bring about deliverance and freedom, they were looking for an earthly peace. One that would say there's no problems, there's no pain, there's no suffering, we are completely okay. That was a false peace. Anyone seen that kind of peace offered in our day before? Well, I tell you, it doesn't take but a little bit just to watch a a football game or to watch something else. And boy, the TV, the media, the world will offer you a peace by something that's false. We see it every day. The problem is, this word peace here is not a term referring to, to things like the absence of welfare, the, the, the emotional tension and even hard times. But rather the word peace is an exclusive term including the benefits and the blessing of salvation in Jesus Christ that God alone brings to the people, His children. Do you hear that peace in our salvation? Our end result. Look here at Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, the peace that Christ offers, the peace that the, that the birth of this baby brings to us is peace with God. You see, when we look back at the beginning of time and we see sinful man stained and separated at intimacy with God, God brings about Messiah because if He doesn't, we are not at peace with God, but we have been dealt out retribution by a holy and righteous God. But when Christ the baby comes onto the scene, He lives a perfect sinless life and He comes to the cross and He says to tell us that it is finished. He has bought us peace. Peace with God. 
That is an amazing peace that should blow our minds. That we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The peace that this world has to offer, listen, is shallow. It's cheap. It's unstainable. It's unsatisfactory. It's false. It talks about peace, but really knows much about the thing in itself. We have a peace society. We have peace programs. We have peace palaces. We have a league of nations that promote peace to all nations. And yet the greatest powers in the world are armed to the hilt. Because their peace depends on everything else. It's only surface deep. It's, it's like a mirage when you're in the desert. And you're thirsty and you look out. Y'all probably don't see many mirages around here because it don't get hot. But you go down to the south and you look down the pavement and you see a puddle of water. And you keep walking and it disappears and you keep walking and it disappears. It, It seems to exist but in reality it's not there. That's the peace the world offers. 1 Thessalonians 5.3 says, While they are saying peace and safety... Then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. The world's peace is a figment of our imagination, and it falls under trial. It doesn't stand the test. But you see, peace with God, my friends, is irremovable. It's unshakable. And peace with God can stand in any circumstance of life and say it's okay because God is in control. He's going to take care of all of our needs. He's going to supply the riches we need. And if I'm suffering in this flesh, one day it's okay because I will stand before a holy king that will cleanse me as white as snow and I will be perfect with no pain and no suffering. And like Paul says, listen to die is to gain. James in one 2 to 4 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, lacking in nothing, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so we see that we're to be anxious for nothing. We're to be at peace when we get bad news. We're to be at peace when life circumstances ain't just what we expect. We're to be at peace when we find out a loved one's sick. Because listen, as I met with a young lady in my office and I shared the gospel and the hope of Jesus, I said, I want you to look at this wall and I want you to think of that as eternity and I want you to walk over there with a pen and I want you to mark on the wall what you think your life looks like in light of eternity. She said, I I wouldn't even be able to see the mark. I said, exactly. Our peace and our hope comes from knowing that Jesus Christ has paid the penalty for us on the cross. And that's what we celebrate when we look at the birth of Christ. That this miraculous Savior comes onto the scene and He brings about hope and mercy and grace to all people that would believe in His name. And so we're to be anxious for nothing. 
But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we're to make our requests be made known to God. And then it says when we do that, and He and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, surpasses all comprehension, He will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is true peace that we can hold grasp to, that we can give hope to. Peace that Jesus offers and gives to those who believe in His name and is not bound up in our circumstances of life. For in the midst of trials, we consider it all joy. Is that how we handle daily life? Is it, I mean, is that how we handle it every time? When we find out things, don't we get really discouraged and upset and down? And we find ourselves not at peace? It's because we've lost focus of the promises of God. That He brings about peace to our lives. This baby that was born came that we might have this kind of peace. And as we look at Christ growing into a man, He not only gave them this promise of peace, but He gives us today. That is different than what the world can offer you. Oh, it will offer you lots of things. Kids especially. There is an agenda that the media portrays that this culture portrays to young people. And young people, they will offer you all kind of peace. But I tell you, if your peace is not in Jesus Christ, it will fail you. It will fail you. Because we are at peace with God. Nothing can take that away from us. No war no persecution, no act of man can remove our peace with God. And that is true hope and peace. Because we were all bought with a price. A price that we couldn't afford to pay. This baby in a manger bought about, he brought about an everlasting peace. And if you're here today, in Christ, you're going through issues of life. Listen, you've been given this gift. You simply need to trust in what God has done. And sometimes that's the hardest thing for us as humans to do. We understand the message. We get the picture. I share the gospel. People understand the message, but they, they lack one thing, and that's believe. And we have to hold tight to what God has given us. And that's peace with Himself. And we must trust in that. And when we begin to trust in that, behold, watch out, here comes a big great ball of fire that's going to tell people about Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of our circumstances, we're going to say, I don't care what my body looks like. I don't care what my finances look like. I don't care what my home looks like. The Jesus of the Bible has given me grace and mercy and peace and forgiveness of an un." 
righteous man to a holy God. And we have hope in that. And that brings me peace and it should bring you peace as well. If you are at the point in your life where fear has gripped you, be still. Be still for a moment. Listen to God's assurance to you. As He says, peace. Don't be afraid. John 16.33 says, I told you these things. So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles. You see, God doesn't promise us we ain't going to have troubles. Matter of fact, Scripture all the way throughout promises we're going to have issues. But He says, listen... You will have troubles in the world, but listen, take heart. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. It ain't no surprise to God what's happening. It ain't no surprise to what's happening in your life. God knows all things. He's allowing it for His glory and for His honor and to grow you into something better for His glory. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. You see, it's all about trusting in the promises of God. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as, as members of one body you were called to peace. We were called to peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. When God infiltrates us with the Holy Spirit, He gives us a new heart. We have a peace that, that people on the outside can't understand. Because our peace and our hope is in Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace. At all times, it says, and in every way. Are you at peace this morning? I submit to you that the Lord of peace Himself gives you peace. He is the one who supplies peace in your life that's my prayer for all of us including myself as you may leave here knowing that the birth of, of Jesus Christ brings about hope it brings about peace in the world filled with chaos you see the sovereignty of God rules over everything why Shouldn't the peace of God be known in our hearts when we understand that God is in control of everything? God knows, and you were sealed for salvation. If you've sinned and you've fallen away from the Lord, I want you to understand this morning, have peace that your salvation is not in your works, it's not in your efforts. Not that we encourage you to sin so that grace may, may abound even more. May that never be. But it should bring about a peace that even when we mess up, even when we look at our life and we go, man, I really blew it there, that God forgives us. He has forgiven us of our sins, past, present, and future. That should bring us peace. 
to know that we can claim 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because I can promise you, if you hadn't blown it this week, if you hadn't blown it in the last year, behold, it won't be long. You'll blow it. Because unfortunately, you live in this flesh. And until we see Jesus face to face, we will all have struggles. Repent. Turn back to God. That you might be used for the kingdom work. Don't let your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful. Here the Lord concludes this section of His discourse. Which has been devoted to comforting His disciples and us. And He says, don't let your heart be troubled. It rings back to the beginning of the chapter again. When God promises, when Christ promises, He's he's going to prepare a place. And He's coming back. What are your troubles in your heart this morning? What would Jesus say to you right now if He was leaving and you were there? Don't be fearful, my brothers and sisters, of how you're going to pay your bills. Hey, this is an appropriate memory verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. He will take care of your clothing. He will take care of your food. He will take care of all of your needs. The Lord hasn't failed us not one time since we stepped out on faith into the ministry. And the same God that we serve is the same God you serve. And the same God that supplies our needs is the same God that supplies your needs and the needs of this church and of this community and of this state and this nation and this country and of this world. He is a powerful and giving God. Don't be afraid that if you're ill, God says, I can heal you. I can leave you in this situation as well and still be glorified and you can be grown through it. But I can heal you and I can bring you home so you don't suffer anymore. But I'll still be glorified through it. I'll still be honored by it because I'll take you out of something bad and put you into something great. Because to live is to is Christ and to die is gain. Let not your heart be troubled this morning or be fearful. It literally means the verb, don't let your heart be troubled, means don't be a coward. You may ask this morning, why has God left me? Why has He abandoned me? You know, this happens more than we uh, think it does. People all the time I meet in my office and they go, I'm mad at God, I'm angry at God because He took this person from me. He's left me. He's abandoned me. And then I'm able to share the hope of Jesus in the picture of the end times and what happens when we go to stand before Christ. And I say, worry not about what happened to so and so. Worry about what happens in your very life so that when you stand in the face of God and God says, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? You better say, because Jesus Christ is my hope, He's my peace, and He's my comfort. 
God never says life will be like Duck Dynasty says, happy, happy, happy. He doesn't say that He will not allow us to go through trials and tribulations of life. This week, during our men's uh, memory verse on Tuesday mornings, uh, we memorized a passage together. And if you men uh, haven't come to visit and participate in this class that we offer, it's a great time of fellowship. But one of the verses we looked at was Psalm 34, 18 and 19. And it was talking about depression and how we deal with depression. And it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but He delivers them from all. You see, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. You want an afflicted, free lifestyle? You want a a peace like that? That's a false peace. But the peace that we have is that He will deliver out of them all. He will take care of us. And it may be when our weak bodies are frail and fragile and we step from this life to this life, when we see that, But the reality is, is we should have peace that He promises us that. And that should encourage us. What a great promise. How about you today? Can you say that you truly have a peace that is only offered through Jesus? Or is it a peace that you hold on to only a figment of your imagination? The Lord wishes that you would repent today, believe the gospel, and behold a peace that can be held in any situation of life. And that only comes from being forgiven by a holy and righteous God. Let us pray this morning.